to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. gets loose and Bergeron scores. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, everyone's fans. I'm your host, Mark, and welcome back for episode 36 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Dave Reed edition. Whether you're a continued supporter or a new listener of the show, we ask that you please give us a comment and rating on iTunes or any podcatcher you currently use. Now time to welcome in my boy, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, what's happening, man? I'm good, pal. How are you? A little depressed, but okay. uh, other than that, I'm okay. Um, yeah. Last week was a, a tough week for Bruins hockey. It started off really good, and then nosedive the last three games of the week. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say nosedived, but I mean, the Washington game was a good game to watch. Scrape. It was a... Bad, point. bad game, but yeah, <clears throat> but it's hockey. This happens. Yeah, I know, I know. But I, I, it, with a bad hockey week, I, I'm excited, excited to have this gentleman on as a as a guest. Um, he's a writer for Boston Sports Then and Now dot com. He's a podcast member of the Bruins Beat podcast. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, definitely recommend that. And he's the founder of the Big Bad Bruins Facebook page. Uh, and he can also be found on Twitter at BigBadBruins88. Mr. Joe Gill, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Nice to have you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for making the time. I finally got you an off-Patriot Sunday to get you going on here. Yeah, and, and uh, my, my son's sleeping right now, so like, this is my, uh, my man time right here. So. <laughs> Thank you for your time, regardless. All right, so... As of right now, the Bruins are 15, 12, and 2. They got 32 points, uh, third in the division, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Um, things are looking. I don't, I don't know where we're going on this one because the schedule is going to dictate a lot, especially the upcoming week, whether this is going to be a sustained playoff team or not. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's a tough. It's a real tough time for me. Um, you know, it's late. It's getting to be that time in December when, if changes needed to be made, is this the time to do it? Uh, I would say, uh, if I could jump in, I would say uh, something's going to happen. I think you already know from my rants online uh, what I want to happen. Um, I think it's uh, happy trails, Claude. Um, thanks for the cup. You know, uh, that was five years ago, and the last two plus years have been pretty uh, pretty ugly. Um, I kind of been saying that if you, you know if you're not a good team, if you're a young, real young team, like for instance, like the Edmonton Oilers, you're just constantly bad. Whereas if yeah. you're a team that has talent, you know, veteran season talent, if you will, and you win three, you lose four, you win five, you lose six, you know what I mean? You're just something's going on that you're just not reaching the players and motivating them. So, and that uh, lays on the Claude. It's not Don Sweeney and Neely's fault that he can't motivate these guys. I mean, he did give them a, a crappy roster, but. I, you know, the excuses are just ridiculous, you know, for him, so. What do you think, Rob? Do you think it's time to uh, move on from coaching? Um, I do, but it's whether they find the right guy to take over. I mean, I, I wouldn't just fire him off and expect, like, the guys underneath him to just take control and do well. I think you've got to have the right time to swap out coaches. Uh, I think it is... It is sort of to do with Claude. He, he, 
he just seems to change up the team too much. When things aren't going right, he doesn't stick with what's working but not scoring. Like we've we've had players before hit the post and look a bit snake bitten, and he kind of just takes them out of the game. Uh, and that's not how you're going to get guys scoring. So, I mean, you look at guys like Jimmy Hayes, Matt Bolesky this season, they just can't get it going. So, and you need a good coach to turn around and get that player going and get him scoring. So, I think he is on his way out this season. It's just whether it's during the season or after the season, to be honest. But <clears throat> what are you? What are your thoughts, Mark? Uh I, I'd like to see him move. I mean, like like Joe said earlier, it, it's it's been five years. He won the cup. He's done a lot of good things. He's uh, I believe he's the leader in, uh, in coaching, or he's close to Art Ross's uh, record. But I think it's time because um, what I read earlier kind of feeds the the uh, it's time to get him going and out of town was uh, uh, Joe Haggerty reported this morning at practice that pa- David Pasternak, which is your leading goal scorer and he's second leading in, in the league in goals, is just now practicing on the top power play line. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. That's what uh, I don't get about him. Why would you do that? You have the, you have the skilled hands, the speed, and the, on a man advantage, and you don't play the kid. I just don't I'm get it. Plus, he's like tied league leader in scoring. Yeah. And the the guy he's tied with is playing five on five, power play and penalty kill. And I mean, Pasternak's just on the five on five. So. Uh, I mean, I think uh, I think Pasternak has done everything that Claude could possibly ask for him. Uh, he stayed in the off season. He worked out. He bulked up. His defensive game. You know, I don't know what you guys think, but I think his defensive game is better than uh, Sagan's was in year three here. Oh, yeah. uh, Sagan never went in the corners. He never did anything. He wasn't physical at all. And I think Pasternak, even that suspension he got, but just show that he didn't, you know, that he's sticking his head in there and, get, you know, throwing his shoulders around, which is great. Um, but if they don't trust him on the top line power play, then Claude needs to get over the whole can't trust these guys to make mistakes like when they broke up Carlo and uh, Chow the other night. Like, oh, why yeah. do they do that? I don't understand that. Yeah. So, it's just, he just, he can't get o- get over the whole, I mean, he doesn't have Gregory Campbell, Pye, Thornton, and Ferrets, and all those guys that were veterans you could trust. Those guys are long gone. He's got to give it to the youth here. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't want to wait I, I, you need if if anything's to happen, you need time to to create some chemistry with your players and and what you're trying to preach. So for me, the times is as soon as possible. And uh, not to jump the gun here, but you got Montreal tomorrow night in Montreal, and we all know and all Bruins fans know how the how the team's done against this 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 bitter rivalry. But then after that, you look at the rest of the week, and you got back to back on Wednesday night against in Pittsburgh, and then come home for a Thursday night game against Anaheim. I gotta say, if they don't do anything on Friday the sixteenth, if they go zero and three on Friday the sixteenth, he should be out of there by then. Like, like, do, like, before the holiday break, before the whole trade freeze, whatever you want to, do, you know, just let's get something yeah. going here. So if he loses six in a row, you're saying should be gone straight away. I believe so. I, 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 I honestly, I don't have faith in Bruce Cassidy. He was a good Providence Bruins coach, but he's part of this, this too. I, I don't think yeah, yeah. him. I don't think him moving up is gonna do anything. Solve it. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to do anything to, you know, to the um, cohesion that a coach and player have. He's in the system. I think somebody come out from out of nowhere. Like, I, I like Travis yeah. Green. I like a young coach, and he does great with young players in Utica uh, for the, with the Vancouver franchise. But, you know, I just I'd like to see something sooner I, than later. I mean, I, I would have no problem. It, just say they did fire him, they put Cassie in there as an interim. At least they're trying to do something. I mean, the, the status quo of just being mediocre at best, you know, playing horrible at home, the mental errors, like, in the first and last period, uh, minutes of periods, 
you know, how many times did they score and let the other team score within a minute and a half later? I mean, it, that is all mental toughness and coaching to me. Yeah. So I, I think he's he's toast. I mean, I almost think, you know, when he's putting Jimmy, he's rolling four lines when they're down by two goals and Jimmy Hayes is out there with 30 seconds left. You're like, what is going on right now? Yeah. But, I mean, if he goes, like, you, you kind of say to the fan base, right, this isn't, we're not aiming playoffs now. That, the way I see it, if he goes and Cassidy takes over, that that's basically what you're saying. Playoffs are out of the picture. Let's let's start this now. I mean, well, they get they have to do something. I mean, it's a matter of like when Jacobs at yeah. the beginning of the year, you know, deep playoff run, which I think he was on something. When he oh said man, it. hang on a minute, hang on a minute. <laughs> let me get my let me get my bong hit stuff ready. Ready? Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got all the uh, all the sound effects. I love it. No, um, no, I took a sip of my juice and spit all over the place. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> all grown. I love it. But, uh, yeah, he. I mean, I, I, I think I think probably about sixty-five or seventy percent of the fan base will be like they weren't going anywhere with them. So I mean, yeah. if they, at least they make an attempt. Because if you do the, the same thing over and over again, it's what insanity. And I think we're all in about the insane asylum right about now. <laughs> see, I'd, I'd like to see them if they finally get the balls to like kick Claude out, then start to get the balls to start to trade players that aren't doing anything for your team. Right. right. Like if you if you have no room for Ryan Spooner anymore, trade him. Oh yes. Yeah. If you find the right trade, like trade players to drop Jimmy Hayes, trade him. Like I mean, like you could go out and get a. A, a veteran guy who looks like he's going to retire, who has one year left on his contract, who someone wants to get rid of, use a pick and then dump Jimmy Hayes on him and take that cap it because that guy needs to be out of town quick before pitchforks start appearing. <laughs> oh my God. That, that, guy is, that guy is killing the team. Like, can you imagine... The, the attitude he must have in the locker room after a game, though. Oh, he must be cancer. He must be bummed. Like, absolutely bummed out in the corner, not doing anything. Like, if, I wouldn't want that around the other players, especially if you're starting to lose games like they are now. Yeah, the, That's uh, just going to be bad. The bright spot so far, uh, we already touched on it, is David Pasternak. Uh, he's got 18 goals, 6 assists, 24 points, and he's second in the league, like I said. The last 10 games, guys, this is a very important stat for me. He's got 8 goals, 2 assists, 10 points. That's huge. That's huge. It's nice to see Brad Mar- Yeah, it's nice to see Brad Marchand getting up. He's currently on a 5-game uh, point streak. He's got 8 goals, 17 assists, 25 points. In his last 10, 10 games, he's got 2 goals, 6 assists, 8 points. And, of course... Yeah, Joe, this is why I love having you on, because you're a Tuka lover, too. So we're, this is like a group Tuka love right here. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Tuka uh, monage, I guess. Uh, uh, it's, a Tuka triangle. Yeah, I mean, uh, granted, I mean, everybody calls me like he's my Binky, he's my Bobby. I mean, absolutely is. But he has not played well in the last three games. I think he's been um, – I think it was the game against, I want to say the cap – no, against uh, Florida when he uh, didn't go – post-to-post when it came up with the boards. That was pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, is a train wreck. And then, um, I mean, to me, I think they should just bring McIntyre up and stick with him and get rid of Adolphin altogether. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Tuka's just been shaky. I think he's been shaky lately. But um, if it wasn't for him, they'd be not even in the playoff picture right now. So. Well, yeah, I was going to say it's because he's got the weight of the team on his back. Him and Pasenak are carrying yeah. this team right now. But, I mean... Good Auburn's game. Holy hell! Like, <laughs> I, I'm, like bottom of the barrel goaltender. Like I play rec league here, and right. I mean I have better angles than that. Like <laughs> I can read the puck better than that guy can. That on one of the goals, I'm not joking. He was cheating the pass when there was two defenders in the way of the pass. Yep. He was cheating the pass, and he was off his angle, and the guy just shot, and he had. He had half a net to aim at. That is bad goaltending. And I, I, I've been saying, Kudobin's probably going to turn it around. He'll probably get better. But to be honest, it doesn't look like it now. 
this guy has gone past, oh, well, he's a bit rusty to... No, he's pretty downright crappy right now. <laughs> so, Agreed. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd send him down to Providence. I'd, yeah. I'd let him play as many games as he can. No one's going to pick him up off waiver. No, I was just about to say that. I mean, no one is dumb enough to pick up a two-year contract <laughs> off waivers for that right. guy. Especially so with expansion draft coming around. Nobody's yeah. going to do that. No. So send him down. Let him play more games than Subban does. Bring McIntyre up. Give McIntyre game time. Because he might not be the best goaltender, and he might not be NHL backup material, but he's, he looks like he gives a lot more effort than uh, who Dortmund does. Oh, absolutely. He looked he looked good in the uh, the Marley's game the other night. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, we're gonna touch on that later on, but yeah, he looked really good. Yeah, I actually thought it was uh, Vladar in there at first. Nah, I Vl- turned on the stream for it. Yeah, Vladar recorded. Vladar's back down. Yeah, he yeah. went to the East Coast Hockey League, Atlanta Gladiators. Um, yeah. So. Some some interesting stats. Looking forward. Uh, well, I'm not looking forward to it. I really don't like talking <laughs> talking like this. But um, Montreal is 19 six and three with 41 points, and they're leading the way in the Eastern Conference. The scary scary stat for me going into tomorrow night is uh, the Habs have a 14 one and one home record. Uh, the Bruins mm-hmm. have an eight five and five eight five and two road record so I mean it, something to think positive about but when you got Carey Price in the you other can, side yeah, that's tough you can guarantee Price is going in net for that game did, did you guys see what Montreal did to Colorado uh, yeah payback Rob uh, did you see that so, no they, what happened they scored 10 goals on Colorado beat them 10 to 1 oh well no the same I, Colorado uh, team we lost at home and played one of the worst games of the season uh, yeah yeah, so that, well, just, that they play down to the, the the thing with the Bruins, they play down the level of competition. It's exactly, amazing. I've been saying it for years. So, oh, to be yeah. fair though, if if Montreal have just given a spanking like like that, they might do what Columbus did and lose next game quite badly. Right. So there's always that one. Yeah, it's what what would happen if say the Bruins go in there and get throttled like eight one? What goes on then? You know, like you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. I almost kind of I mean, want something like that to happen. <laughs> especially against a rival like Montreal. Yeah. I mean, Jacob's family is not going to be happy if that happens, for one thing. Right. Because that, that's bad for ticket prices. Mm-hmm. Like, re- if we start to lose every game to Montreal, no one's going to want to come and watch the game against Montreal at home. Mm-hmm. So, and then... I mean, it, to be honest, this week does not look good for Claude Julien. No, and right. even even the week after, I mean, three of the games the week after are going to be difficult, if not all of them. So, and, and then uh, on on Wednesday night, it just gets worse because Pittsburgh has an eleven two and one home record. I mean, if if we yeah. have, if the Bruins have any chance this week, it's got to be on TD Garden Ice. On Thursday yeah. night, yeah. because Anaheim on the road is five, five, and four. So, so on the back to back, though. Right, right. So it, it's gonna be a one hell of a week. If if we we haven't pulled all our hair out by the end of this week, <laughs> like it's gonna be a miracle. It's gotta be. I got a lot of hair, but I could definitely get to get to the ball standpoint. You know what I mean? If they keep doing this. Um, So you you guys can help me on this. So is this condensed schedule because of the World Cup of Hockey? It is, right? I'm Um, guessing so because there are just back-to-back, after-back-to-back, after-back-to-back. I'm not trying to make excuses, even though everybody else is saying, well, it's back-to-back. You know, I'm I'm just, you know, the Bruins are one in five, I think, on the second half of the back-to-back or something like that. It's just you you, got to show up. You You know, the thing with me is, and I think you guys are probably the same way, like, for instance, against the Capitals, they came out and played horrible. But then they, they showed some grit and balls, and they came back. Just show an effort, and I'm okay. You're not as good as everybody else. We know that. You can't come in and just flatline against these tomato cans. You know what I mean? At home. It, it's just it's, it's maddening. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for the people that have season tickets that spend thousands oh, of dollars a year. 
as much as so I want to be there and watch, but I feel bad. After Thursday, it will be seven back-to-backs from the beginning of the season. Wow, already. Yeah. Already. And there's, uh, there's more to come. A lot that's, more. That's insane. Yeah. So. I wonder if you can find out who's had the most back-to-backs this point in the season, because I would probably see the pros have to be up there. I'll re- I'll, Joe, I'll research that, and I'll send you a message. Yeah, because yeah, seven already is just ridiculous. And last year, I, I um, thought I saw that they had 13. Yeah. So, and usually, always, and usually the uh, second half of the back-to-back, it's usually in Montreal. Not this time, but usually it seems that way, too. Montreal's always waiting for them. Um, yeah. But, you know, the way they're playing this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they go up and win tomorrow. <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> well, what to expect. But, I mean, that'd be nice. I just want to beat this losses. team. Oh, yeah. I just want to beat Price. Yeah. Oh, I don't care what it is, and the way Pasternak's playing, though, it's exciting. I can I, I can see him putting a few in. That'd be awesome. How many How many games is it? His goal streak now, three. He didn't score the last game. He didn't yeah. score last night. The only one scored was Marshawn last night. His point streak, yeah. I think, is up there. Yeah, but he is just. Like you're just expecting him to score every time he's on the ice now, so I mean, is this is this what the future is? And if we become a selling team, come trade deadline, do you build around Pasternak instead of the team's kind of been built around your two cornerstones, which are Bergeron and Chara? So, right? Do you do you start to build around a guy like David Pasternak? Well, he's the second. Coming of the core, if you will, the youth yeah. core. So I mean, it's it's him and Carlo, I would say. Yeah. So with, that's uh, the new starting point. Yeah, with, absolutely. To... With no points last night against the Maple Leafs, he snapped a five-game point streak. Yeah. So that sucks. still good though. When's the, when, I was I was thinking about this. When's the last player that um, the Bruins that used to have that that every time he touched it, you thought he was going to score? For me, I think it was Neely. Like, every time he touches, he's going to score. Jeez, you go way score back. Pressure. I mean, who was before that? I mean, Sagan had, had glimmers of that right when he had that 29-goal uh, season, but nothing like what Pasternak is. I can't remember in a long time. Well, Marsh- I mean, Marshan la- yeah. Marsh- last year was kind right. of ridiculous to watch. And, I mean, you know you know when he scored the famous short-handed goal against L.A., the mm-hmm. one where he took on the entire team? That that three months around that game looked like he was going to score every time he had right. it because it hit the pulse so many times. I remember, I think he went five or six games without a goal at one point and must have hit the pulse about 12 times in that stretch. So Marshan is definitely one of them guys that you see and you go, yeah, he, he looks on it tonight. But Pasternak is by far the best glimmer of hope we've seen all season. Oh, no doubt. So, him uh, and, well, him and Carlo, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there's some good news. I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not going to jump in, like, to the, and drink the Kool-Aid, like everybody, all the Bruins fans seem to do right now, but the news, <laughs> the news of Frank Vetrano's return is, is good. It's positive. It's good for the organization. Let's not, let's pump the brakes on, on getting him on this team and then being the savior because I, I'm sick and tired of, of hearing it. You mean o- Ovi's back? Yeah. Oh, I, no, it's Petrano, not Ovechkin. He's a, he's a good player. He's a commenta- he, he, he compliments any team, no matter where in the organization. I mean, it, whether it be in Providence or the, or the NHL Bruins. But people do have to understand that, yes, he scored some goals. He got some points. But there was a long stretch of 31 games out of 39 he played last year that he went pointless. That he's not the savior. And and I believe he will do a conditioning stint in the in the AHL with Providence. So I hope he does. Me too. I don't want him to rush back to to a, a to a team that's probably going to be miserable for the next I don't know 12 games of the season. I mean of the of this month. Do, do, do you think Let- part of oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say let uh, let Heinen have that time now because what? he's obviously going to be the player that goes back down when Vetrano's back. 
to me at least, it seems like he's going to be the player that goes down. So give him that NHL experience while Vetrano's getting healthy. Because he's not, he's not 100% right now. There's no way. No, he's, he's ahead of schedule. He's not even making the trip to Montreal. So that tells you right yeah. there he's not 100%. Well, yeah, so going about Vetrano from like last year, I, I mean, I honestly don't think like Claude really. I mean, he was making mistakes, and Claude was not really giving him that, you know, the time, the minutes on the icing again. So I don't think he really had a chance to really develop as much. That's why he didn't, you know, he performed too much on the ice. He wasn't getting power play time. Same thing as Pasternak. So hopefully, you know, they'll ease him in, and then he'll get a couple goals on his ball. But hopefully, from you know, hopefully Claude will uh, actually, you know, play him. Yeah. I would uh, one thing I would do when he does return is have him and Pasternak on the first power play unit oh, with nice. with Bergeron in front of the net because it, can you remember that stint where he was in Providence last year and it, I think he scored scored like four games in a row on the power play and it was exactly the same spot exactly the same one timer yep that uh, kid is deadly if I'm not mistaken power play and when he's got open space. If I'm not mistaken, that was during his first ten games in the AHL, which brought which prompted his um his uh promotion to the NHL. Yeah, and I mean, when you give that guy open space and time to let a shot off, he's quality, but mm-hmm. he, he's still learning. And when he's when he's being hounded by a defender, he's not this savior that everyone says he is. Right. He's just a regular player. So, he needs time, just like everyone else needs time. I mean, everyone's expecting, when Heinen came back up the other day, I think everyone was expecting, oh my God, he's going to play like he has been in the AHL and he's going to be amazing. But, I mean, these guys are so young, like, just let them them have some time. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't want to see them do with the young kids like they did with Alexander Kolkachev. And I understand, yeah, yeah. I understand that he had an attitude and he was pissy about not getting time. But uh, I don't believe the, the the team gave him the opportunity to, sh- to completely show what he could actually do, which obviously prompted yeah. him to move to the the KHL. But how many guys jumped above him? Oh, I know. In the so-called depth chart, like right. how many guys got shots above he, him? So valid point. Does, doesn't surprise me that he got pissy and. With all the new, at the time of him leaving, they just brought in what three new centers from the colleges. Yeah, like you've got what Heinen, Achari. Uh, wasn't Frank Vetrano playing center at one yes, point? Yes, he was. I yeah. So, if you've just turned around to a guy who's not getting NHL time and he's stuck in the AHL and saying, "Oh, by the way, we're bringing three new centers in," you're gonna get pissy. So. <laughs> I mean, he's gone now. Right. So Coco yeah. Gate is over. <laughs> uh, let's talk about one of the, uh, the 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 core players, and probably one that's going to have his his number um, raised to the rafters pretty soon. Um, uh, can I get your thoughts on Bergeron? I know everybody has a be- a, a tough year in the NHL. It happens to everybody. But um, any any thoughts on what's wrong? I think he's hurt. That's my that's my instinct on that. I think he's really I think he's absolutely hurt because he's just he's not you know he's he's not the same guy anymore as of right now. Um, so I think that's what's holding him back. He's got an injury of some kind. Um, I, I don't I don't think he's injured. I just think he's letting Pasternak and Marshan do what they do and kind of taking it easier on himself. Well, he's because... not getting assists either, though. You know. Well, yeah, but. I mean, he's doing all the little things right still. That right. line is still performing. It is mm-hmm. still like a plus line and they're not making as much mistakes. I mean, there was the one the other night where, um, who was it, Achara, like, passed it straight to Bergeron as he was getting picked by two guys. Right. And then just gave away the puck. But there's nothing you can do on players like that. But, I mean... We'll find out soon, because I'm sure if he is injured now, they'll start to sit him for some of the games they believe they can win without him. So, well, at least I hope so, because if you are trying to make the playoffs, that guy needs to be healthy. So, cool. What do you think? Uh, I, I believe he's injured. 
I I think he's he's fighting through something. Um, I believe it, it probably stemmed from a, a World Cup appearance, and I, I, and a lot of players uh, got a little dinged up from that. So, I mean, I mean, it's just something. I I don't know. I I see something different in his game. I think he's he's more of the the helper than than, uh, and he wasn't always a finisher. But I think he's really concentrating on making other guys more successful than he should be. And I appreciate yeah, yeah. that in a team player. I really do. But if you have opportunities to bury it, um, you should. And this is a Bruins team that still lead. I believe it's in second now. I could be wrong. I don't have the stats in front of me. But I believe it, the team is in second in shots per game. They are. Yeah, I heard that too. You know, and they're, they're just not capitalizing. So, and I, I hate to, you know, when you take shots, you got to hit the net. A lot of these guys can't score on a soccer goal. I mean, they get a lot blocked too. Yeah, yeah, know? right, um, right. They're not getting called. I mean, they just they, they they shoot from the perimeter. I mean, I don't know how many games like the beginning of that Capitals game, how many times they hit Volpe in the chest. I mean, they're not really. There's not too many besides I think Marshawn and uh, you know Pasternak. Too many snipers on that team that could pick a corner or any. You know what I mean? They just they got like you know like the lug nut. You know, Mister uh, Jimmy Hayes who couldn't hit the broadside with Barn. You know, you have other guys that are still, you know, young, what have you, but they just not get any quality, really, uh, quality scoring chances. Even though the scoring chances are still up, I don't know what they qualify as scoring chances because, you know, if they hit the outside of the post or whatever, because they they just they're they're, they're boring too. <laughs> they're very boring to watch. You know, you know, beside Pasternak. Yeah, I mean, it it looks like a totally different team this season, like. The way they're acting and the way they're playing, it does seem a lot different. But do you mean different from last year, or like in a good or a bad way? Uh, there's some good ways, some bad ways to yeah. me. Like they they seem to be battling a lot more in the corners, going right. in for heavier hits in the corners. They they're playing probably a more physical game than they did last year, but there's also a lot more sloppiness with the way that. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. The acting, like they're giving, there's bad passes being made and D-men are expected to pick them up. I mean, that one, was it, which game was it where uh, Krug got that pass and kind of tripped over his own feet? That was awful. He's terrible. That, it, it, <laughs> I, I get why he did it. He was trying to turn to get get onto the puck better and take a shot, but stuff like that, you should have a man covering him. Right. Like, he shouldn't... The smallest guy on your team should not be the guy at the back of the pack expected to take on, like, a two-on-one. Like, there should that should be someone else's job. And especially when you've got a guy like Colin Miller on the same power play who's one fastest skater in the AHL. Like, that should be a guy who's at the back end ready to chase someone down if they do get a breakaway. Right, right. So, so yeah. let me let me ask you something. Do you think that this, this like, you believe that there's a change in the game, some bad and some good. Uh, is this stemming yeah. from a, a team that's basically in transition of a retool or a rebuild which people don't like to talk about but I mean I think this is more because you've brought in new veteran guys like you've got Dominic Moore you got I'd, I'd kind of class Riley Nash as a veteran guy mm-hmm. right. yeah. kind of but um, you you got him you got David Backus all three guys playing with different young talent and this, uh, it, it seems like they're trying to mold them into these different style of players and get them playing with, like Dominic Moore is playing with, was playing with Noel Chari and uh, Shaller, and that that line was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then in, for some reason, Achari get, when Achari got injured, he got sent down, and now now he's back. But then you've got Shaller playing further up in the lineup, away from that line. I, I don't get why you'd why you'd start out the season with that line and mold it into being that perfect fourth line that it was, and then breaking it up. Right. 
But that's, that's what Claude does. <laughs> he breaks up good things that are happening. I mean, I think Dominic Moore's been a great signing. I think he brings yeah. that grip. He gets in front of the net, and I also think he's uh, a good locker room presence, too. Because we yeah. all know Bergie and Charm are really the vocal guys, if you will. I think the Bacchus and the uh, Moors of the world were definitely good signings in that aspect. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, it is a it is a really different squad from last year with the new mm-hmm. signings that we got. And I, you don't really realize until you look at the two lineups and realize how much has actually changed. Because it does look a, a lot similar. But, I mean... I mean I think optimism is higher. I think with this squad, of course, we're all yeah. new, but I just don't think that, you know, the Claude's just his, his uh, coaching styles, uh, I think, just antiquated to what the, the league's becoming. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, it, it just, they're, they're just playing a slower hockey game than the rest of the NHL. That's what it looks like to me. Right. It, look, it looks like when they get the puck, they kind of, track back a bit with it, slow down, start to break it out on their own time. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you watch the rest of the teams in the NHL, it's all about that quick turnover, quick up the ice, try and go for like a two-on-one or whatever, long stretch passes. But the Bruins don't use that. They want 10 passes before they even get to the opposing blue line. and It's just not working like that anymore. Nope. Their, uh, their, their style of plays remind me of the, uh, not as bad, but the 90s Devils. <laughs> what the trap is just so boring. Oh, God. It's just terrible. Yeah. yeah. But the 90s Devils could pull it off and make it's it work. True, true. <laughs> Whereas we're, we're not doing. I mean, sometimes boring hockey is great hockey when it's like that. But if you can't do it properly, don't try and use that system. Because <laughs> it just exactly. doesn't work. I mean... Albany Devils are starting to play a lot more like the uh, New Jersey Devils of the 90s. Uh-huh. I've right. seen that from some of the Providence Bruins games where they love to slow the play down to the point that it looks like you're watching soccer instead of hockey. But A whole team I full mean, of Krejci's. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. Yeah, Krejci's not looking too good. No. But... There's hope. There's good things happening. I mean, there's players coming back from injuries. There's players sucking that bad that they need trading. Something's got to happen. <laughs> Someone's got to be going. Let, let me, if you guys don't mind, let me ask you guys. I mean, it, it's kind of, uh, I guess I'm in denial still because I just can't get over how good this team was five years ago. And I thought they were going to be a, a Blackhawks, a perennial contender, contender, and LA Kings. And they just. You know, after 13 and then the President's Trophy had just fallen off a cliff because all the mismanagement and everything. It's just, it's really disheartening. It just, uh, frankly, guys, I'm sad. <laughs> no, I agree. I, as, a, as a diehard fan for 30-plus years, I absolutely agree. But to me, and, and in my opinion, it's, it's a trend. You had seven yeah. years of playoff hockey. Before yeah. that, there was, you didn't have a stretch. So, I mean, now it's you're in that, I want to say, three- to six-year window when you try to rebuild to what you had before in that seven-year stretch, and now is the time to do that. And, 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 and you, you have to preach patience to, to your fan base. Right. So, I mean, sit back and enjoy the ride, whether you like it or not. I mean, hockey's going to come back oh. every year. It's not going away. Yeah, but that- well... Well, unless there's a lockout. Oh, don't say that. Don't. Oh, <laughs> I ruined it. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I think, but I don't think Mark is uh, in. Uh, it's it's kind of like you know I'm in my 40s now, and uh, me and my buddies to get an excuse to go out, and you know, is because I play a hockey, and I haven't had that. I need that back in my life. Yeah, yeah. I hear that too, man. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, when you don't have the Bruins involved in the playoffs, the summers are so long. Oh, oh yes. yeah. God, that, that that was a long summer this year as oh, well. God. Really long. But, um, I mean, the way they did it last time is they built, they built a physical hockey team to play in a game where physicality was the dominating effect. And right. you wanted the most physical team and the most scary team, and that's what they built. And then the game changed to speed, and the game changed to skill. Yeah. And we didn't trend that way. I think they thought, oh, no, you can still be a great physical team and still out-hit these small, fast guys, but 
if you're not quick enough to catch them, you can't do anything. So it's all about whether they rebuild and retool correctly now. And Who your knows? point, they need they need to go with an identity and go that way. They can't just be fence sitters, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just be a balanced team and have a little bit of everything because it's not going to work. Right, definitely. Yeah. All right, we we got about twenty minutes left, um, yeah. and I need to get into my uh, my prospect news. Joe, do you want to stick around and, and learn some prospect stuff, or do you want to get going? Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm probably gonna listen in because I don't know much, but yeah, this will be my uh, my study up for my podcast. There you go. Yeah, you're welcome to stick around, and if I can drop some knowledge into your into your brain, drop I'm that glad. Drop. Right. All right, so the Bruins prospects uh, in the AHL. The Providence Bruins, uh, 24 games played so far. They're 11-6, 4-3, with 29 points. Uh, fifth in the Atlantic, sixth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they currently are on an 11-game point streak, so things are starting to change. I believe that uh, that last year's uh, team is a repeat of this year when they were just dog crap for the beginning. And then in the middle of the year, they got to be a way better team. So I, I look for um, positive things to come in the beginning of 2017. Uh, left wing Peter Klaharik had two goals versus uh, the Toronto, Ma- Toronto Marlies. And a goal in last night's game versus Albany. He's got uh, 11 goals, 5 assists, 16 points in 18 games played. He's uh, been a real good spark for his first year of professional Hockey. Yeah, that guy needs to be the next called up Bruin. That, like, I believe so too. I believe so that too. That guy needs to be playing third line wing. He he just looks the complete package out there when he's playing at the moment, so I'd love to see him up. Left wing Jake DeBrusque had a goal and an assist, snapping a six game goalless streak. Uh this season he's got four goals, seven assists, eleven points, twenty four games played. Uh, Zane McIntyre uh, got his fourth win of the season Friday night, stopping 27 of 30 shots against the Toronto Marlies. Uh, he is 4-0 and on the season with a remarkable 1.32 goals against and an even more remarkable .952 save percentage. And it's good to see him going. And also good to see somebody else going that's been a disappointment this year is Malcolm Subban. He yeah. got a <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Say it. He's so bad. He's, oh, he just, he's, he's just terrible. Go ahead. That was my, <laughs> my I love it. Uh, he got his second win of the uh, season last last night against the Albany Devils, stopping 27 to 28 shots. Uh, this season, in 12 games played, he's got two wins, six losses, and four. He's four overtime losses. He's got a 2.92 goals against average, and he finally broke uh, 900. So he's got 0.903. And the uh, it's, it's a hard climb when you're a goaltender. Is say percentage. Yes, and, and, and in know, that league, I know absolutely. He'll be glad. He'll be glad he's got above 900 now. Well, he was uh, definitely when he earlier in the season he was he was like floating around the 850s. Yeah, which I mean that's that's that, that's a big climb. Yeah, that's that's that's, in my opinion, and I know I'm I'm just a guy that sits behind his computer and talks into a microphone, but that's unacceptable even at the AHL level, and they consider him right. the highest goaltending prospect. Oh, so. it's just crazy. Uh, prospects in the OHL: Zach Senishin from the Sioux Saint Marie Greyhounds got his third hat trick of the season on Thursday night against the Niagara Ice Dogs. Uh, Seneshin has 19 points in his last 10 games. He is really ramping up. And, and I'm going to say this every week and we're going to keep going because uh, he, he was he was a flatliner in the beginning of the year when he left the Bruins training camp, but now he's really turned it up offensively and preparing um, to go to join Team Canada later this month, eight days away for the World Junior Championship. So... I look forward to watching him there. Definitely. Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jeremy Laws, and from the Ruin Miranda Huskies, also selected to play in the, with Canada in the World Junior Championships. In 13 games played, he's got two goals, nine assists, 11 points. And Jakobs Borrell, after returning 
from his suspension. Uh, he'll he'll join Team Canada for the World Juniors. Uh, his last ten games, he's got four goals, six assists, ten points in a season in nineteen games, six eleven and seventeen. Uh, breaking news today, actually, the Boston Bruins signed uh, prospect forward Jesse Gabriel to a three-year entry-level contract. That Finally. Is, yes, I'm excited to hear that. This kid has been ripping it up and one of my favorite prospects from the 2015 draft. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, he had a two-goal night. He, is. he had a two-goal night against uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings. And added a goal against Seattle on Friday night. And he's got um, 19 goals, 12 assists, 31 points in 26 games. Yeah, he's I, he's good. He is good. I can't wait to see him either in Providence or NHL or wherever. I, I look forward to watching him more often. It's, it's tough. Yeah. He's one of my prospects that I like to watch at the 10 o'clock range you know when the Bruins are over yeah. at 9 30 I switch it over to my Android TV and I, I go Western Hockey League and then if, if Prince George is playing I'm I'm watching and he's impressive and he is a yeah. scrapper I remember I remember oh, yeah. two games recently he had 10 penalty minutes and one and then the next game he had 14 penalty minutes he, yeah. he remind he's got skill he's got speed he's got grit he, he's just got Brad Marchand written all over him Oh yeah, and especially when that guy's well, he's not getting on, but I mean, he's up there in age for like what those guys are. So it's good to know that there's another one in the pipeline ready to go. But he he's gonna he'll be playing preseason next year. Yeah. So and that, that's good. See him in a Bruins swear. If um if Prince George doesn't make the playoffs, which I I doubt they won't, but. Um, yeah. he could be uh, brought to Providence like he did last year. He played three games where he went pointless, but um, he could get a couple more yeah. games before development camp and so on come around. Uh, yeah. To the NCAA, uh, 2016 first-round draft pick Trent Frederick returns to the University of Wisconsin on Friday night after missing... You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Games with an upper body injury dating back to November 19th of this year. Uh, In 10 games played, he has 5 goals, 7 assists, 12 points. Um, Staying in the NCAA, Anders Bjork, University of Notre Dame, had two goals in last night's game against Boston College. With those two tallies, he is now leading Hockey East in scoring. In 17 games played, he's got 13 goals, 15 assists, 28 points. Lighting it up. Keeps going. Oh, I love it. Every week, I love talking about that. Joe, have you heard anything about Bjork yet? I'm, I'm who? I'm sorry? Anders Bjork. No, tell me about him. He is a, a an outstanding forward that um, was drafted in the fifth round. Didn't I did not expect him to be this good at, at the NCAA level. Um, he kind of reminds me of a Danton Heinen at the college level, but uh, he's in his junior year. I think he's going to play one more season to finish out his collegiate career. And uh, he could be a, an asset to a, a, a Bruins team in the future. Well, if you want to see, that's right, you know. Yeah, if you want to see speed and skill, that guy is someone to watch. Oh. Yeah, like, definitely. That guy is just wheels for days when he gets going. He just nice. keeps skating, and nothing can stop him. So, those are the type of plays the Bruins need, right? Guys with wheels. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, staying in the NCAA, some injury news. Ryan Fitzgerald from Boston College will be out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain sustained in a game against Minnesota back on uh, November 27th of this year. So there's a couple updates. That's it for my prospect report. You guys got anything else? We got 10 minutes. Um. I don't, I yeah, I don't know. Like I said, we'll see how tomorrow night goes, but it could. I don't know what to expect anymore with these, these team guys. 
you think you know they win some games you feel a little good like I'm the type of player you know type of guy type of player I wish I was uh, I'm the type of guy that uh, you know like Prince the Carolina game people are like you know when they pulled it out the last 30 seconds I, I still thought that was a terrible game I thought they were terrible 59 yeah. minutes of that game 59 and a half minutes but a lot of fans just see the final result and don't see trends yeah they don't game, you know you can steal a game here and there but if you're playing badly that's more of a sign than you get to win you know oh yeah but um, I mean, the the thing that wouldn't surprise me this season is if they do decide to start selling and going down for a better pick. It wouldn't surprise me if they start to win more. Like if that makes any sense. Oh no, it doesn't. yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you get guys like Ryan Spooner and I mean, I, I love Ryan Spooner. I think he's a good player, but I just don't think he has a fit. At the wing for Boston, and, and I think he's a good fit at center, but he he can't win the faceoffs. That's the that's the problem. And what what do you do with that? Do you put a guy like Riley Nash in there to take a face off and then play at the wing? Because isn't that, isn't that what they did with uh, Sagan when he was playing center? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, you can't just keep doing that. So, I think you ship him off to a team like. Like, I know Philadelphia, I think they're looking for, like, a third-line third centre. Like, why not? I mean, it's a bit of a rival, but if right. you're going to get the right price for him, why not? And, and to, to me, Ryan Spooner, is, he's a good player. I agree with that. I, I wish his point production would be a little more. But um, yeah. I, he's he holds value right now. He's a young forward. So if, if, if there's a trade that needs to be made, of course he's the one that's going to be doing it. Because if you look down the lineup, there's a lot of people with no trade clauses and so on. And, um, you know, you can't just float a Jimmy Hayes out there and expect somebody to bite because they won't. They won't. You know, you know, you know what happens? You're, fi- you're fishing in the Arctic Ocean with no bait on that one. Yeah. Oh, God. You're fishing he's in probably... a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be, he'll be in Vegas next year for sure. Um, probably passed out in some alley, but um, <laughs> the, the thing is with them is that they had guys they could have traded when their value was good, like Subban. They held on to him. He came up here and proved out he was a disaster. Uh, Spooner, because Claude, you know, I've heard on Sports Radio a bunch of times. I don't know if it's true or not that Claude just doesn't like him. Period, as a person, a player, what have you. And uh, he's not. Besides going, you know, being the first guy in the shootout. I mean, he's just not using them correctly. He's not using them in the, in the spots that really need them. And if you're not, like you guys said, if you're not going to use them properly, trade them for someone that you you will be able to put in a slot you need. You know. Yeah. Oh, you know you what? Keep I, sitting on stuff. You know what I wanted to talk about real quick was um, um, it was I believe it was the Washington game. It was, yeah. yeah. That freaking sh- that that change. What was they thinking? Why would you change? Why would you tell Carlo to get off the ice while the puck's in mm. neutral ice? Is that coaching? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have David Backus, which is a forward, and I know it's three-on-three three overtime, but, um, yeah, it was three-on-three, three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Why would you have that guy, the only guy back? Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But, you they, know, they, they got a point. They do a lot of things that don't make sense. Oh, I know, I know. you got a point, though. Yeah. How about the? Uh, I know you know you guys probably have a show since then, but the shootout when he had um, Spooner go, and then he had uh, Nash. Nash go, and yeah, then, we and, talk, you're like, we t- and you're literally like you're pulling your hair out, going, "What are you doing?" Yeah, we actually yeah. talked about that last week. <laughs> put Brad Marchand in. Put yeah. fucking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Put, uh, <laughs> no, that's what, put I thought I'd be perfect. See, <laughs> it, it always happens. One slips. I can't help it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Joe for sure. <laughs> I have been, I have been like swearing all day to get it out and be like, on a Sunday, I swear like no man. And I'm like, right, I'm going to get rid of all of this. And then all of a sudden, I get to what five minutes left in the podcast. I'll let one slip. I'm sorry. I lost a bet to myself. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to, we'll have to beat that one somehow. 
Yeah. Like, all you, all you need to go, do is go back over it on the next track up and just go beep. There you go. <laughs> right. Uh, that's it. You know, you know, seriously, I think even putting beeps in there would definitely add something to the show. You know, it'd be great. I would oh, just yeah. keep ra- random words. I wouldn't even just oh, swear together. The only problem but, uh, is you, you'd come back on and we'd be beeping every 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh. It, it, if, it, if it was like, oh, we're, we're allowed to swear every guest that comes on it. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, but, dude, listen, if I... If you guys, if you've seen my Facebook live, I, 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 it's not censored at all. And uh, when I go on the Bruins Beat podcast, I, I definitely try to clean up. If I drop the uh, the SHIT in there, I'm like, oh, no, after I just said the, all the F words and, and all the other stuff. But um, sometimes you have to just vent. So that's why I use my Facebook live just to lose my mind. I mean, I had one time when uh, someone says, you better check your heart because I think I was going to die. <laughs> it is entertaining. I've seen a, uh, I've seen a bunch of his videos. Um, he does he does a pregame. He does uh, intermissions, which are awesome, yeah. and then he yeah. does a postgame. And the postgame is one that you if you can't check out anyone's before that, check out his postgame because that's when he's pretty much lit <laughs> and and just oh, ready. Is that when you've one, had oh, like one last night. One last night, I went to, <laughs> went out to a bar. I was, had a Christmas party at my house, and everybody left around eight. Uh, you know, kids and stuff. <laughs> then my buddy and I went to the bar and just sat there, my ugly Bruins sweater, and watching an ugly Bruins game and just feeling ugly. So <laughs> it was just I lost my mind. Oh One yeah, you did. Says, I love, I like you drunk. So I'm like, all right, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. You have to be medicated. I said, I said, I need my medication, which is like, uh, you know, uh, an IPA. So it was just, it was so bad last night. I just, just, I, I get so sad, guys. Like I said, it's just terrible that they're just bad. <laughs> Yeah, three three in a row will do that to you, definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, well, like I said, the thing that's like I said, sucks is they they get you all. We all know what blue balls are. They give you the blue balls, right? And oh, then yeah. uh, and then you're like, oh, they, they ride the ship, and then the ship hits an iceberg and it starts taking on water again. You're like, didn't we just fix the hole? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my god, this is a. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to look out for these videos when it comes to like the end of this next three game week. Oh, because sure. if we've lost every single one of them, I, I mean, expect to see you have a heart attack, fall out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something's gotta happen. Well, let me. There's gotta be. There's gotta be police involved. <laughs> Maybe like well, a riot, riot truck, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. If oh, if any call the cops on. If any listeners of the Black and Gold Hockey you, podcast. Uh, if any listeners would you, like. Uh, oh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's got to be you, a pitchfork, and chasing Jimmy Hayes down the street. That's what, that's what the next video has to be. Oh yeah, no doubt. If uh, any of the going on that guy. if any listeners want to check out Joe's uh, awesome videos, pre and post game, uh, please go to Facebook and look up Big Bad Bruins Facebook page. Yeah. I highly recommend it. He's a he's a diehard <laughs> Bruins fan, and you're going to get a lot of laughs out of it. Uh, or, or people will call me Habs fan or call me Pink Hat. Oh god! Oh yeah, the the interaction. You have thick skin, my friend. You certainly yeah, so have some more, thick skin. I just don't have time for stupidity. <laughs> you know, those people eating, eating their uh, hundred pounds of cotton candy and sitting on their unicorns all the time, thinking everything's fine and dandy. Guess what? Fine and dandy left three years ago. <laughs> and uh, get on my hats. My hats racing again. All right. <laughs> Uh, you can also hear Joe on a fantastic Bruins podcast called The Bruins Beat, and I highly recommend you go on to iTunes and search them. They do a fantastic job with uh, Jason Buckley and Michael, I cannot say his last name. It's Italian last name, we'll go with that. Michael's a great guy. No yeah, no offense to him, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. Those three do a great job. So, um, yeah, listen to those guys weekly. Uh, Joe, thank you so much again for coming no, on. Thank you. This has been really fun. I, I really look forward to this just because I know how how panic attacked you can be sometimes. <laughs> oh my Boy. god! Well, you know what? I, that's what happens when you're invested so much in a team that it's kind of one of those things like you know, with a girl, you love her to death, but she drives you bananas. Yeah. You, keep, you oh. keep loving her. You continue to love her, and you're like, oh, it's not her. It's not her. It's me. Well, yeah, that's how the Bruins. That's it's it's actually no, it's them. It's not me. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate. It. We're gonna have to have uh, maybe you guys on at one point too. Yeah, I actually, oh, Jason. Jason was talking about it, getting us, um, all five of us on there. That would be interesting. Battle Royale. 
Yeah. Oh my god. You get the days of your guys too. It'd just be like oh. a battle royale. Like oh place. man. <laughs> so much Tuka love. It'd be like it would just be like oozing Tuka love everywhere. Uh, if you're on oh, Twitter, gosh. you can follow uh, Joe Gill at Big Brad Bruins eighty eight. Uh, you can follow me, Mark, at Black and Gold two seven seven. You can follow Rob at Rob Forty Bruins. Um, thank you very much, uh, Joe. Again, we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you for all the listeners. And uh, please, uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, go to iTunes and give us a rating, or go under your favorite podcatcher and let us know how we're doing. Uh, take care, and we will see you next right. week. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.